Mary speaks with Local Now Chapter President Peggy Farrelly. September is a year of months, and our first installment of This Is Awesome. All this and more on The Leftscape. This is Leftscape Podcast, and this is Mary. Welcome to the Shape of Progressive Conversation. Hi, I'm Wendy. Hi, I'm Robin, and we have a lot of uh, months to talk about for September. It is Read a New Book Month. It is Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month, which is super important. Suicide Prevention Month, which is also super important. And oh, it's Happy Cat Month. Yes, I thought Mary would like that one. Yeah, I like that one. Mm-hmm. We like our happy cats. And a Hunger Action Month and uh, Self Care Awareness Month, which is an important thing to remember because we have a guest later on in the show who is going to talk about self care. Oh, cool. So be aware. And it's also no. Also, International Update Your Resume Month. That's an important thing to remember. Yes, and I am actually gonna turn it into Update My Portfolio Week, because I need to get that done this week, so. But it's also apparently, uh, maybe because it's September and it's harvest time and there's a lot of harvest holidays. I know the Jewish calendar has a couple coming up and uh, so when I was looking through the list, I discovered that it's National Chicken Month, National Honey Month, National Mushroom Month, National Papaya Month, National Potato Month, National Rice Month, and National Whole Grains Month. And I wonder if you took all those ingredients, what could you make? I don't know. Some the feast of some kind. <laughs> some kind of feast. And it's also National Cheese, today, uh, September 5th, is also National Cheese Pizza Day. Um, and it's the first Friday in September is National Food Bank Day, which I guess when you have all of these other foods, just bring, your, bring some to the food bank to feed the people who need food. And it's also World Samosa Day. Mm. Which I'm going to celebrate. Day is, is definitely worth with celebrating. Potato like samosas and chicken samosas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What happened on this day in history? Well, um, in 1774, the first session of the Continental Congress convened in, uh, I believe, Philadelphia. So. Um, According to the movie, it was Philadelphia. <laughs> now I got sit down, John, in my head. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, in 1957, On the Road by Jack Kerouac was published. And Did you all read that? Uh, I think I saw the movie. <laughs> yes, I, I like the whole beat. I, I listened to the, the, uh, an audio book of it while I was on the road. So 
uh, I was driving across country while I was listening to the book. So okay. that was cool. Did you do the things he was doing as you were driving? No. <laughs> <laughs> and in, in less humorous news, um, this is the anniversary of the hostage taking at the Munich Olympics in 1972, uh, where Arab terrorists took a bunch of Israeli athletes hostage and a lot of them died and a lot of the terrorists also died. And, um, and this was also the day in 1969 when Lieutenant William Cauley was charged with six counts of premeditated murder for the Malay massacres in Vietnam. Mm. And don't forget Squeaky Fromm. Oh yeah, that happened too. Uh, in 1975, Squeaky Fromm attempted to assassinate Gerald Ford. And I believe she was given life in prison for that, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. that was to, was that to continue to try to start the race war for Charlie Manson? Probably. She was one of his disciples. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah I, I learned a lot about that from the uh, the musical Assassins. Which, yeah, that was a cool musical. Yeah, I learned. I a saw lot. that with um, Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, and you also saw the the version with my daughter in it. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, that's I think true. I dragged you to that too. <laughs> yeah. Did she play Squeaky Frog? Uh, no, maybe. Well, Gosh. how many girls assassins were there? So no, I I don't know. If she had she may have been just an extra, uh. but she may I don't think she she was almost gonna play Squeaky, but I think the director's girlfriend got that role. Oh, it's <laughs> community theater. What? You, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyway, that that whole era, it just always made me think, I wonder how Gerald Ford felt about that. Was he scared or did he feel, wow, I must have made it. Somebody tried to kill me. Uh, I, I don't know I'm not that sure any... someone would think of that as a badge of honor. Maybe no, they would. I, I, I wouldn't. I would not want, I mean, I would like to survive an assassination attempt, but I don't but yeah, want but one president. to happen. Well, not yet. <laughs> yeah like like me who's not running for political office aspires yeah. for the presidency yeah That's, wasn't it just two episodes ago that you decided you were yeah basically <laughs> whose birthday is it today well we have some birthdays too it's the birthday of jesse james michael keaton raquel welch and john cage and one i especially like is freddie mercury yeah Freddie is amazing, and I was just remembering back in the early, mid-90s, when people were figuring out the date that Celebrate Bisexuality Day was going to be. A lot of people online, all these activists were throwing around different dates, and I was thinking, okay, what awesome bisexual rock star's birthday <laughs> can this be on? So I advocated for for this day, for Freddie Mercury's birthday, and people were like, well, that's not that's not the best it's not the most universal thing, whatever. So they wound up picking, uh, for what reasons, I cannot remember, but September 23rd became the day. Okay. And then I happened to look on the calendar, and I was like, ah, it's Ani DeFranco's birthday. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> so it still wound up being an awesome bi person's birthday, so I, I was happy with that. But anyway, <laughs> happy birthday to Freddie Mercury. You were awesome. I was just wondering if we should have uh, two minutes and 19 seconds of silence for John Cage. Two minutes and wasn't it four and what? Maybe I okay. I blew that joke. I blew <laughs> the joke. Like that. <laughs> yes, 
but yeah, he's the, he's the composer <laughs> that that had a certain length of time at, of silence as a piece, and I don't remember. I that's why I thought it was two minutes, but uh, well, <laughs> who can who can funny. sit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I haven't broken my record of of ruining jokes yet, so we're, we're good. What other birthdays are happening? Hey, Bob Newhart. I like Bob Newhart. He's very Bob, cool. Yeah, he's a very cool guy. And, and William who, Devane, who uh, is an actor who you may not know by name, but if you see his face, you go, oh, that guy. Uh, yeah. He's been in a million things. <laughs> Lots of really? star he plays. He gets to play the president a lot in, in yeah. science fiction movies. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Kathy Guizette, who is the creator of Kathy, which I used to read religiously when I was in my 20s and 30s, I guess, and maybe in my 40s too. I don't know. Um, I stopped reading it after after I stopped like looking at newspapers. Um, and it's Dweezil Zappa. Dweezil Zappa. Yeah. And, and Jack Daniel, so raise a toast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there is an actual Jack Daniels. Please, well, Jack uh, Daniel. Yeah, Jack Daniel, the distiller, okay. and I don't know what else he did, but he made whiskey. Okay. Or bourbon. Was it whiskey, right? Yeah, Jack yeah. Daniels is whiskey. And, whiskey. and yeah. whiskey, yeah. And this was, well, a form of whiskey that's called bourbon. And uh, this was his birthday. Okay, good. And it's four <laughs> minutes, 33 seconds. I had to check it. Thank you. I can't be quiet that long unless I'm sleeping. No. <laughs> I can't be quiet for two minutes. I can't be quiet for four. So we've had some recent uh, deaths in the world of famous people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so one that I was um, sad about earlier in the week was Neil Simon, the playwright. Yeah. And, you know, people, Neil Simon wrote so many plays that were fodder for uh, community theaters across the country, could always make money by doing a Neil Simon play because they are foolproof. And, uh, but the thing is, is, it really is an art when you work on one of his plays. You know, it says, it seems like, oh, this is light fare, but he had some good thoughts in, in some of them. And also, it's just the structure was so perfect. He knew how to tell a joke. <laughs> and if you just read the lines the way he wrote them, you'd get a laugh. But thank you for the explanation, because I, there are things that I like by him, and I don't have the language of comedy to describe what, what makes something great. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm appreciating hearing you talk a little bit about his craft. Yeah, yeah, it's very very well structured. It's it's like music. The only things I know about comedy is that chicken. The words chicken and underpants are funny. So. Yeah, and and that whole thing about the word chicken is from a Neil Simon play. He was saying words with a K, words with a K like chicken. That, now that's funny, and I think that was from the Sunshine Boys. That sounds like it would be from the Sunshine Boys. It yeah. it fits with that. Yeah, because they're analyzing what makes things funny. I don't know that I, I've seen Neil Simon 
in the theater. I, I know that I've probably seen all of the plays that got uh, turned into films. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my yeah. one of my favorites was The Odd Couple. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, that's the favorite. Yeah. yeah. Jack, Jack Lemon in particular was so good. I love Jack Lemon anyway, but... But you know what? Uh, I'm just thinking about things that are awesome. <laughs> it, it, Neil Simon's uh, play Plaza Suite was turned into a film that played in and in one of the Plaza Suite element uh, segments was a segment with uh, Maggie Smith mm-hmm. and. She was playing a movie star who was nominated for an Oscar, and she was there at the Plaza Suite for the Oscar. And she was there with her gay husband, who was played by Michael Caine. Okay. And so it was a very interesting casting, and they did it really well. They're such excellent actors. So I need to rewatch you, that. I only remember yeah. the Alan Alda scene, and I and that I didn't love that one. I don't so, even remember that at all. And maybe he wasn't. Maybe I'm thinking of a different one that was three acts in a room that's supposed to be a hotel. I don't know. Yeah, there? well, there there is um, Plaza Suite, and um, there's two of them. I can't remember which one. But anyway, I don't know. Ma- give me Maggie Smith anytime. Yeah. Another passing that happened this week was John McCain. What, the week that when we recorded this, John McCain. So that's kind of sad. I think that's going to be affecting us for a while. I I feel like he was a reasonable, good person. Mm-hmm. And I didn't vote for him for president, but that doesn't matter to me. You know, I think he seemed to me to be a person of conviction and whatever he believed in. And a lot of that was about um, being the best as a people, as a country, as Americans as we can mm-hmm. be. And that I think is admirable. Yeah, yeah. There, it's just, it's amazing to me, this uproar since he passed away of um, the whole thing with the flag on the White House and Trump not even being able to say anything nice about the guy, and that that was disturbing. But some people I know I saw on Facebook, some people were saying, oh, he was so good, he was so good. And then I was thinking, well, wait a second, not everything that he did do I agree with. I didn't necessarily think it was good. But I think in the whole, it was his motives were genuine. You know, that he was trying to do his best for the country. And we're really uh, missing that. I don't know that he was doing his best for the country when he wasn't no. supporting the ACA. He was certainly vocal about trying to dismantle it. So, and I have friends who will never forgive him just for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I mean, the guy was sick for a long time. And I'm just wondering how who replaces him now i mean do they have an election or does the governor appoint somebody the governor appoints somebody okay and right they're having an election i think soon or just uh, happened when this comes out to for the other for the other seat but then they're going to appoint someone 
um, for this one. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, and I agree. I mean, I don't think that he's, his choices were without flaw, Wendy. So I understand people's um, discontent. I don't, I guess I don't, I don't, I guess I don't agree with people's dismissal of him as a human entirely for some of the dis- mm-hmm. choices. He, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I have, I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm not going to discount people's feelings. I tend not to even want to participate in discussions about this kind of thing while the body's still warm, you know, cause yeah. y- you know, even there are plenty of people who were a lot worse than him and he has family and they're sad, uh, you know, um, and I think they had to make a decision either to turn off some machines or to refuse palliative care or to refuse uh, continuation care and maybe just do palliative care for a few days because this was not, you know, it's not like he dropped out of a, an aneurysm, you know, in five minutes. This was like this long, um, long illness. And, you know, my, my angry friends are pointing out that, you know, it was nice that he had all of this medical care that none, like few of the rest of us have that you know towards the end of his life and um and that's part of the reality um i'm not going to say anything bad about the guy but you know I, he survived a lot of stuff and i'm sure it informed a lot of his decisions uh not not all of which i would have agreed with or i did agree with um you know but safe travels mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, what I wanted to say was that um, I don't know a whole lot about his politics. I know I didn't agree with them. I, I didn't vote for him either. And But the one thing that I think a lot of people are sad about is that towards this end, at least this past, since, since 2016, he's been the only one who seems to be the voice of reason or seemed to be that we had hoped that he would be a voice of reason in the Republican Party. And he came out and and started to talk back and answer back. He but, talked back, but I don't think he voted against his, his party. He, bo- he voted oh, with the party, he vo- I believe. He voted, he voted against the overturn of ACA. Did he? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah this, he, this time. He was very famous. Yeah, okay. this time. That, that yeah, the famous thumbs down. Was, thumbs down, yeah. Was a good thing, ultimately. Hi, it's Mary, and I'm here with my friend Peggy Farrelly. I've known Peggy Farrelly for a long time because we've been good friends doing all kinds of things together. We didn't see each other for a few years. And then the election happened in 2016, and we got so discouraged by what was going on that we both simultaneously, without knowing each other was doing it, showed up to the local NOW meeting because we had to do something about what was going on in this country. And so we've picked up where we left off. Uh, I think that Peggy's an interesting person. She not only came to help out with NOW, but she became the president of the local chapter. That's the Somerset and Middlesex County NOW. 
and she's doing great things, and I'm very impressed with her. She's also program director at Seton Hall's uh, psychology department, psychology and counseling, and she knows a lot of stuff, so I thought it would be great if we could interview her and get some of her insights. So, Peggy, can you tell me about in January of 2017, what led you to go and join now? Yeah, sure. Uh, and thanks for having me. Um, you know, after the election of 2016, I can remember feeling so despondent. And, you know, after talking with my friends and, um, you know, all of us are kind of grieving for a while and at the same time horrified, um, you know, I kind of realized I needed to step up and do something different. Um, the other part of this is that I've also been dealing with a chronic illness, a serious chronic illness, and I had to go through a lot of treatment for that. Um, it's breast cancer. And um, it was the year post my breast cancer treatment that the presidential election happened. And I remember telling my husband, you know, I didn't go through all that to really survive and live life the way I wanted to. And then to be faced with such a horrendous situation as it would be under the Trump administration. So I needed to do something about it. And that's how I ended up joining now in January of 2017. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I really went into it not knowing exactly what I would be doing or how it worked or anything, but it was um, really a great need in me, especially to speak up for women, because I really felt that decisions for women were being made by white men in general, mm. and I didn't think that was correct. I think women mm. need to make decisions for women. Mm. So uh, now seemed like the right place for me. Can you tell us a little bit more about what NOW is and what it stands for and, and what you found it was like when you went to the meetings? Sure. Uh, okay, so NOW is the National Organiz Organization for Women. It's been around for a very long time. Um, it promotes a feminist philosophy um, and a feminist uh agenda regarding social injustices mm -hmm. and to advocate in order to correct and to um, empower women to have lives that are meaningful and, um, and also to stop some of the real horrors that happen to women and their families. Um, you know, one of the things that we can think of most recently is kind of the border issues that are going on. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the local chapter, uh, basically right now the, we do mo mostly things joining others in activities, political action kinds of activities. Uh, so, for instance, the Women's March is one of those things. We support uh, organizations like Planned Parenthood. Obviously, reproductive rights is one of the big agendas that we have as an organization. Um, you know, right now with the midterm elections coming up, we're encouraging members to go out and to support candidates and the efforts to get those candidates elected, uh, both female uh, candidates and male candidates who actually promote the feminist agenda. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And um, you're just making me think, too, of... Um, oh, I'm spacing out. <laughs> but uh, the... If somebody was, oh, I know what it was. You said the word feminist. Yes. And that, uh, the, recently we had an issue, uh, we had an episode where we talked about the word feminist and, and what's the problem with it and why young people are getting discouraged and that don't want to identify as feminists and why, what do they need to understand about it? Could you define what you think a feminist is and what young, younger women need to know about it? Yeah, uh, I think you're right. I think um, over time, in some sort of weird cultural way, the word feminist has taken on this wacky um, negative connotation. And really that doesn't fit with what feminism actually is. I mean, uh, feminism is really about empowering people to live their lives the way that they need to live it. Um, it's empowering women. It's inclusive. Um, in fact, when you look at feminist philosophy, it actually means that Everyone has a voice at the table, not just women, but everybody. So it doesn't... By, by dis everybody, you mean like gen not gender specific. Yeah. Exactly. So not gender specific. It includes men. It re includes people who are transgendered. It includes people who are... Um, Non-binary. You know, Non-binary. Yes, the whole the whole group, um, including you know, obviously race and ethnicity and all that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the younger women who don't understand the word feminism, they're probably being tainted in some way regarding probably mostly media. Um, over time, there's a very large portion of media that actually denigrates the word feminism. And I think that, in particular, has been taking hold in a young person's mind over the more positive definition of feminism. For instance, for how long in the most recent history do we hear you know, such words coming out of characters like Rush Limbaugh talking about feminazi, for instance? Oh, yeah which is really a disparaging term, and it's not accurate at all. Mm -hmm. So uh, this does not make sense. Mm -hmm. um, so I would like young women to learn about the history of women empowerment over time and to really understand that feminism is a way that we can embrace the, each other the individual themselves mm -hmm. and the larger society mm -hmm. uh, without having to denigrate others. Yeah. And um, another thing that you were mentioning that, that I wanted to ask, find out more about was when you go to the meetings for now, because I'm picturing myself when I was younger, when I was like just in college and I got my Ms. Magazine and all, but I was reluctant to join now because I thought, oh, those women, they sound very dour and strident and not fun at all. <laughs> and it's just a lot of women together and there's no men involved. And, and I, 
frankly, when I was in college, I liked men. <laughs> so I, I was kind of interested in that. So um, uh, let's disabuse them of that image in case they were thinking the way I was thinking. Tell us what happens at your local meeting. Sure. Uh, yeah, uh, sure. So the local meetings um, is very homey, actually, at the local meetings. Uh, we have um, uh, meetings at a member's home. In fact, um, uh, members who live in the Somerset area offer their home for our meetings and their monthly meetings. Um, prior to my uh, initiation to this group, um, both uh, Skip and Alan, in this case, were um, heading up the group. So uh, Skip was the chapter president, and Alan at the time was secretary, although he had been president as well at, in the past. Uh, so in so coming there into... there are men showing up. There, there are, are men. men. Yeah. There are men that show up. Men are members. Uh, we have a larger membership that includes men and women and all the... Binary, non-binary, you know, in inclusivity. Um, so when I got there, uh, it was just post, you know, nine. Uh, the I was almost said nine eleven. It is a tragedy. Twenty sixteen yeah. election, and um, you know, of course, the inauguration had just happened. So uh, we were coming into the women's march, the mm -hmm. first women's march, mm -hmm. uh, right after the inauguration. Uh -huh. So that was like a big push for all, all of us to get organized, to get down to D.C. or to any of the other marches. So as somebody who was first coming into this, I was extremely excited and wanted to participate at the fullest mm -hmm. level, as did many other people. In fact, the membership jumped dramatically, went increased dramatically mm -hmm. after the 2016 election. Um, so that's kind of some of the things that's been going on. Um, you know, we, I think, um, over time, there's things that, for instance, we have members who do things like, um, performance. Uh, we have one member who does, um, one history of, of, of women performances mm -hmm. and she, uh, does kind of one woman shows on mm -hmm. that. Uh, we have um, members who are involved in the New Jersey Democratic Committee, so they're oftentimes bringing news to us about how we can join and support them in promoting candidates. Mm -hmm. um, we've brought in the League of Women's Voters for conferencing with us so that we can understand their work and see how we can support them so that we can go out and do mm -hmm. things like helping people register to vote and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, currently, one of the things that we found very interesting is that, especially coming off of the Iowa um, abortion ban, that law which now is stalled um, because it's been challenged in Iowa, uh, we started to look at what's going on with our own abortion laws here in New Jersey. And although we do have them, um, they're not as specific as we thought they were. So we're wondering what real protections they offered if it were to be challenged. So we're not as safe as we thought we were. We, we may not have the protections that we thought we had. Um, it's not, a, you know, for instance, in looking at it compared to some other states, uh, other states are even more vague um, in their wording, but New Jersey 
could use a little bolstering of that. Mm -hmm. So that's something we're looking into right now. Um, and, you know, I think the future is really about building more relationships with community organizations and to get more people out to promote um really uh, to promote feminism and to promote uh, candidates mm -hmm. who are feminist friendly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're, we're looking to flip districts, to be mm -hmm. absolutely honest with that, um, because those districts need to be flipped. Mm -hmm. You know, in fact, the other day I was out in front of um, Leonard Lance's office mm -hmm. with Planned Parenthood. They did a honk and wave rally. Mm -hmm. And um, every Wednesday, actually, in front of that office, there is some sort of group out there. In fact, it's usually the community, the citizens of Westfield um, and Union County out there in some way rallying and demonstrating because mm -hmm. Lance has not uh, attended to his constituents' concerns. Mm -hmm. And they would really like to see him resign mm -hmm. or to be voted out. Mm -hmm. So those are the things we're doing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and you were making me think, too, of um, what I expected the group would be like before I went there and then how it was different, too, that, that our particular group, I can't talk for all the, all the groups, but I know our particular group. It's very friendly, and we go there. There's, there's snacks. <laughs> snacks. snacks. There's a couple bottle, bottles of wine, <laughs> and and what what had worried me, and I think this was the thing when I was younger, why I resisted joining was I would say I'm not a joiner because if I go here, they're suddenly going to make me go to all these rallies and do all these things, and I can't necessarily do that. And uh, I realized that the it's not about that so much as sharing information. It really is. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, there's a lot of sharing of information. There's a lot of discussion across the table. We have some very lively discussions. We have very um, uh, informed members, but also we have some members who join us who really are there because they don't have the information, but they're looking for the information. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're a very welcoming, warm bunch. Um, I, I think... Um, and there's no shaming if you can't go to something. Th there's absolutely no shaming. Uh, in fact, we say, can, can you participate on some level? Mm -hmm. You know, any way somebody can participate, that's important. Mm -hmm. You know, I might be, for instance, out at a march, but somebody else may be calling their congresspeople, for instance, mm -hmm. right? Or they're signing petitions, or they're um, maybe talking with friends over a lunch, just explaining to them why they have their particular perception of how we can currently deal with mm -hmm. women's issues right now. Um, I think we have to include everybody in whatever way they wish to participate. It doesn't make sense to shame anyone if they can't, for instance, go march in 95 degre degree weather, because I don't mm -hmm. think, you know, many of us shouldn't be doing that because mm -hmm. it's probably he for health-wise. And older members, of course, have difficulties with those kinds of things. But um, 
you know, that doesn't mean that everybody has to do it. And in fact, everybody's doing something in some way, you know. Mm -hmm. We're members on Sunday, they're up, you know, over at uh, Trump's place, the golf club, and they're going up and down the road, and they have their rally, and they're protesting and demonstrating. And they do that every Sunday, and that's their gig, and it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, since you've joined, how does it make you feel to join? Good question. Um, I was glad I joined. I didn't know what I was really getting myself into when I joined. I figured, um, you know, literally, it's kind of like self-talk. I, I, as I'm kind of walking into this new space, meeting these new people, and I'm thinking, gosh, you know, I really have no idea what I'm walking into, but I'm going to be open to it and just see what this group has to offer. And all of a sudden I realized they offer a lot. And then, of course, I can participate at whatever level I want to. What I didn't know was that I would become president a year later of the chapter. So that was a bit of a surprise. And I think I was very enthusiastic uh, when I first came in. I still am. Um, But I did end up going to the National Now meeting in Orlando in the June of 2017 because I really wanted to find out what was happening on the National Now level. Um, to understand how they were doing their work and how we can bring that back to our chapter so that we can continue the good work and enhance it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in doing that and continuing my enthusiasm, um, other members kind of saw me as somebody who could um, lead, and they suggested, and I said, all right, and I got elected. Mm-hmm. So that's how it happened. That's great. You know, too, if I think about myself, I just know that before I joined now, I was so discouraged about what was going on and and kind of at a loss of what can I do. I knew that things were going on, but I just didn't know where to get the information, and I didn't know what was effective or not. And one of the things that I learned was doing something like a march or something against a bill or something Mm -hmm. maybe it doesn't get passed Mm -hmm. or maybe it does maybe the march doesn't work but at least Mm -hmm. the march lets them know where we're siding and also it just makes us feel better to do it you know and you have the solidarity of the people around you it was kind of um, which leads me to my other thing too is is that sometimes this work gets really discouraging mm-hmm. and just everything that's going on and one of the things that Wendy and Robin and I talk about often is is the idea of how taking care of ourselves mentally and and also what can we do to keep from uh, since since you have a counseling background, what what can we do to keep from getting depressed or letting this get, overwhelm us? Yeah, um, you know, uh, in teaching um, counseling, one of the things that I'm kind of known for in my particular program is teaching graduate students about self care, um, and. That's kind of like a baseline thing in mental health, especially when you're training mental health professionals, is teaching people how to always care for themselves in some way every day, at least some point in the day, do something for yourself in order to stay buoyant. Because if you take on 
other people's adversities. But if you think about it, you know, mm -hmm. counselors constantly hear trauma of some sort. It wears you down. So here we are as citizens um, dealing with situations that are eroding <laughs> to babies us. Babies in cages. Yes, yes, babies in cages. You know, it, you know, it, it, I mean, truly, the picture is that the U.S. had stolen children mm -hmm. at this point. And that's really devastating when you think about mm -hmm. it. You know, um, of course, there's many other things that go on that really hit us hard. You know, Parkland, Florida shootings for once, mm -hmm. you know, it's a big one as well. Um, so many different things. And then, of course, you know, some of these policies that have been, you know, dreamed up by this current administration are pretty horrible. So in trying to stay motivated and not discouraged and despondent, what we really need to do is just take general good care of ourselves in the first place. So all the things that, you know, you normally think about in good care, you know, like healthy eating, good sleep, um, making sure you connect with people, reduce your social isolation, um, but also in the work that we do because we're out there countering things that are difficult things. And to be constantly in that milieu can be really um, depressing at times, anxiety-provoking and depressing. Um, you have to kind of realize that even though the work doesn't materialize into an immediate a successful goal being met. All the steps leading to the work, those are goals unto themselves. Mm -hmm. So you can take some real pride in the fact that you've accomplished these various processes. It's mm -hmm. really about the process. It's mm -hmm. about that journey. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the journey leads you to a realized goal, mm -hmm. big goal, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, passing a bill. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's more about getting people to be aware and to join you and to increase your numbers so that you have a louder voice somewhere. Mm -hmm. So that's an accomplishable. Uh, that's an accomplishable goal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but each step of the way is also a goal too. Mm -hmm. You know, connecting with people. You know, if you're at a little meeting in which you know you have your own little group that you tend to converse with, but then there's another group of people or individuals where you meet and you have like a synergy of thought. Well, that's an accomplished goal too. Now you're talking with each other. You're widening the scope. You're widening the conversation. Um, and, and that creates a sense of satisfaction. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to counter the sense of helplessness, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, it's, it's really a way for us to feel like we are not helpless. We actually have meaning in all the actions that we're doing and that we can overcome these adversities, especially when we do it together, collectively. We have a much bigger voice, way more power. So we can't stop. We can't stop. And we could certainly reflect about feeling depressed and feeling anxious. And in fact, I would totally promote that, you know, connect with others and say, you know, man, this stuff really sucks sometimes. I don't want to know about these things anymore. I don't want to turn on the TV, you know, and that's okay. I think it's important to process that stuff, but it's also okay to say, all right, it's not the way I want it to be, but I know that I and my 
uh, fellow man can do better. Mm -hmm. And then you go ahead and you take action. Mm -hmm. And there's also this idea in counseling called behave as if. Mm -hmm. And behave as if is really kind of a, a modeling idea where um, let's say you're not necessarily a politically active person. You know, you're just typically not similar to what you just said back in college when you mm -hmm. said, oh, I'm not really a joiner. I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, kind of one of those people. Well, pretend that you are and then do things that actually look like that. You know, mm -hmm. you go to the meetings, you go to the marches, you talk with the people, you, uh, you know, you get on the phone banks, those kinds of things. Even though you may not feel like you are a political activist, by doing it, you start to actually feel the identity mm -hmm. come on to you. It's, it's a way to provide feedback by behavior that, mm -hmm. yes, I am, a part of me is this way. Wow, wow. You know, this is wacky, That the thought that just occurred to me. I was reading about a study where they showed people a cartoon, and the people rated it how funny they thought it was. Mm -hmm. Then they took pencils and made the people hold the pencil in their mouth with their teeth so that they were smiling without realizing they were smiling and had them rate the cartoon and they thought it was funnier because what they did physically changed how they felt. So in a way, that's what you're saying is to do the physical thing and it will affect how you feel. You, you'll start to get yeah. into it. Yeah. And, and this is also um, a tenet of cognitive behavioral therapy as well is that you, you know, oftentimes as therapists will assign people homework as it's called sometimes mm -hmm. I don't like to use the word homework because it usually has a negative connotation especially with the teenage mm -hmm. clients but um, it's when you go out and you actually do the behavior mm -hmm. and you experience what that behavior is like mm -hmm. and what you get from it and that becomes evidence and a feedback to self and usually it's an approximation of success towards mm -hmm something that's desirable for you. Mm -hmm. So all that together is a way to kind of get congruent with the way you would like to be and then to actually be that, to do it mm -hmm. in some way. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to ask you one last question. That when you feel, Peggy, in the need of some self-care, what's your go-to thing that you do? Uh, uh, great question. Um, I do a lot of different things, actually. Um, one of the things I do is I connect with friends. I'm really into dogs, actually. Mm -hmm. So I like communing with my dogs. I have Westies. Um, we enjoy each other's company. I actually do some uh, performance kinds of activities with my dogs. So, for instance, uh, something that I do every Monday is field tracking. Mm -hmm. When I'm out with a dog, out in the Poconos, walking across fields, and the dog is doing her natural thing, and I'm enjoying nature, and it's very mindful, mm -hmm. it's very zen. You have mm -hmm. to be present in order to do it. So that's the thing I do. I knit. Um, so that's something that is very helpful to kind of de-stress. And, uh, you know, just enjoying theater and travel. Things that you enjoy are actually self-care things. Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, 
you know, I, I do some creative things, some art kind of things, mm. but uh, that's how I do my self-care. Mm. That's great. Well, Peggy, you fit right in with our group. We all knit and take care of our various animals and like to go out in nature. So, terrific. I'm kindred spirits. Yeah, we're kindred spirits. So, thanks so much, Peggy, for uh, talking with us today. And we're all going to take what your advice and feel better about what we're doing. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you. Hi, this is Mary again, and I thought just in case people want to know how to get a hold of me, I'd let you know that my website is up, and it's in, going to be including my blog. Some of it is under construction, but you can still go see it. It's maryMcGinley.com, and that's M-A-R-Y-M-C-G-I-N-L-E-Y.com. And also, if you want to get hold of us here at Leftscape, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash leftscape. And we're on Twitter at leftscape. And we're on Instagram at leftscape. And if you want to email us, you can email us at insight at leftscape. That's I-N-S-I-G-H-T at L-E-F-T-S-C-A-P-E. C-A-P-E dot com. And if you would like to leave us a review, if you like what you've been hearing and uh, enjoy our conversation, leave us a review on iTunes. And, you know, five stars is always awesome. If you'd like to uh, support us, you can leave us a review on Facebook. And if you are interested in leaving a comment on any of our episodes, you can do that at our website at leftscape.com and just click on any episode and leave us comments there. So thank you so much. And we know the our weird contest has closed and we are overwhelmed and amazed at the quantity of awesome limericks that we've received on our various social media. And uh, we really, really appreciate it, but it's gonna take us a little extra time for us to sit in judgment of your writing and um we will <laughs> we will be announcing the uh the winners actually we'll be reading the the short list of our favorite limericks on next week's show and we will publish all of them on our blog at leftscape.com by uh what is going to be the 12th of september and uh we'll make an announcement on our other social media that hey your limericks are up and uh, we really, really appreciate all of the, uh, the writing that you guys did. Uh, we're loving reading all of these. And you'll hear from us again about this soon. Hello, this is Robin Renee. You can find me online at robinrenee.com. And my music is on iTunes, CD Baby, Pandora, Spotify, and elsewhere around the web. So check it out. And you can like me at facebook.com slash Robin Renee fan. Tweet at me at Spirit Rock Sexy and follow me on Instagram at Robin Renee Music. I would love to hear from you. The Leftscape is sponsored by Harlequin and Other Fantasies, a meditative coloring book for grown-ups. Over 30 original illustrations to color. 
printed on 80-pound cover stock paper to avoid bleed-through with alcohol-based markers like Sharpies. Spiral-bound to lay flat when open. Printed on one side so you can frame your masterpiece without sacrificing another drawing. Subjects include animals, people, mandalas, steampunk, Celtic knotwork, and so much more. Use Leftscape at checkout to get free shipping. See the Leftscape website for details. Purchase Harlequin and other fantasies from wendycards.com. Well, I think that this segment is called Why Is This Awesome? Uh, we came up with the idea that what do we want to talk about at different times? And somebody said, you should talk about something that's awesome. And so I thought, what to me is awesome? And one of the things to me is awesome is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And particularly, uh, there's a couple of um, episodes. The Body is one of my favorites, but... Um, that's kind of sad. The other one is uh, Once More with Feeling, it's called, is the episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And it's the musical. Somehow there's a spell on the town where everybody, when they try to talk, they can't just talk. They have to sing and dance. And they really keep this up through the whole thing. So that it's, it's a regular episode with a regular plot and everything but the whole time people are singing and dancing and it's hilarious some of them are very good singers some of them are not but um it's still fun it's a oh fun oh my app. goodness okay <laughs> i i now i now understand how everybody feels when i talk about babylon 5 or or stargate or whatever about episodes that I've never seen. I have never seen an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer on television. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm apologizing to the world, that, yeah. you know, to my my non-fandom friends, because like, yeah, I'm listening to you and saying, to... oh my God, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. And like, what you just described sounds awful. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's it sounds something great you would know not. all the in jokes of if you know the characters is that how it works because like you sort of know what they normally are like yes yes that's true <laughs> you have to have seen the show before to to really get what's going on i tend the, to hate the musical episodes of the long long running shows that cuz I, I don't know if that was the first one but i know some other 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 shows have done it um and they're imitating Buffy. Our, so Buffy was the first, not Xena. Yeah. I think Xena did one too, right? Xena was uh, one I watched when it was airing off and on. I don't think I watched the entire series episode by episode, and I certainly haven't rewatched it. I, I tried to, um, but it's not. It didn't age well for me. Um, no, that's true. And I actually tried to watch Buffy. Uh, I think five or six years ago when it was on Netflix. And the whole first season's not so good. I couldn't. It, it was I couldn't get through the first season. It, well, I, that's why I didn't watch it when it was in, on in the first place. It came out. I think I was in my twenties, and the last thing I wanted to watch was something about high school. You know, it was about high school though. Well, it took place in high school. Everybody was in high school. It was like, and I had seen the movie, and I figured that was sufficient i was the, in... <laughs> the movie 
The movie is nothing like the TV show because Joss Whedon, who wrote the thing, is a much better writer than the writers on Xena, first of all. And then also, when he did the movie, he had a certain thing he wanted to do. However, they took it away from him and they changed it to make it just a typical teenage, um, you know, goofy movie. And it wasn't that at all. It wasn't supposed to be that. So that when they moved into, they decided to make a TV show, Joss Whedon wrote into the contract that he had control. And he really changed the whole direction of how it goes. So it's nothing like the movie. It really is. Oh, I didn't hate the movie. So, but I thought it was enough. I mean, that's how I felt about Stargate until, you know, uh, season seven. And the only reason I started watching Stargate was because the cat, half of the cast of, uh, of Farscape ended up on there. And when I started watching, I said, oh, I need to get like the backstory. So I started watching the whole series from the beginning and then it didn't suck as bad as I thought it was going to suck. And then I ended up liking it. Um, and then that's why I tried to do that with Buffy, but I could not get into it. I couldn't get past, I think, the fourth episode. It was just, I just couldn't. So maybe, maybe. I have a question. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tim. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, want, I want to know, Mary, if this is awesome, and I haven't seen it before, really, What? what's my avenue into this awesome episode? Like, which do, Are there particular episodes I can watch to lead up to it, or do I have to see the whole, a whole season? How does that work so that I can sort of get a window into this, this episode? Well, Buffy was one of the first TV shows other than Babylon 5 that did an overarching storyline for each season. So I think watching a couple of the episodes before um, Once More with Feeling would be a good idea. But... um, the, the other thing that really kind of makes me feel like it's awesome is that uh, the, the whole uh, backstory of how at least came about that they did a musical at, at all. And it, it came about because they used to film, I mean, I, I, I read and I saw interviews about this. They used to film the TV show six days a week, right? So, and, and it, they were long days. Everybody's working long days, six days a week through the, the whole season uh, of shooting. But on their seventh day, on a Sunday, they would all get together and they'd all go over Joss Wheaton's house and sit around his piano and sing songs and, and eat and drink and have fun together. And I'm just, the idea that these people spend so much time together and then on their day off, they spend it together too really shows you that it was a tight-knit group and the fact that they're all they're all singing around a piano as Joss Wheaton who, who's the director and producer and writer is also playing the piano like how many talents does this guy have and then he's listening to them sing and he says you know what I have to write a musical for you guys and that's where it all came about so he also knew who could sing and who couldn't what kind of songs they could do and he really fit the music to the people and and it's a lot of fun you've been listening to the leftscape podcast find us online at leftscape.com on twitter at leftscape and on facebook at leftscape the leftscape 
The Shape of Progressive Conversation. New episodes every Wednesday. 